EGCE Research Bites, student teacher research from the team behind Emma and Tom Talk Teaching. Hello and welcome. And today I've got Abby D with me, one of the PGC primary uh, students. And I'm going to be talking to Abby as part of the PGC Research Bites about her first assignment. So thank you, Abby, thank for coming you. along today. So tell us, first of all, what, what was the topic? So my topic was assessment for learning. So that was given to me by the Lead Partnership School um, because they have close links and they use it on a day-to-day basis. So they wanted to see how it could enhance learners' performance more. So, But then you sort of gave it a little twist, didn't you? Yeah. So I decided to focus on inclusivity for AFL because the school I was in is actually caters to children with physical impairments, all abilities, and there are children with ALN. So I thought it might be interesting to look at it from that point of view. So, so you did take the school's topic of AFL, yeah. but applied it to how, how that is used in sort of an inclusive yeah, setting. Yeah, so how everyone can sort of be included in that and how all children can access it, because it's not always possible in a whole class sort of situation. So I thought that might be interesting to look at. And then you um, focused particularly on six pieces of uh, academic literature. And I was quite interested in the first one because you decided to consider um, pupil or a pupil with autism and how how uh, the assessment strategies related specifically to that child. So tell us a little bit about that first piece of literature. Yeah, and so I thought it would be really interesting to look at this article because it was a case study about a child with ASD and how... They can sort of be, um, so their needs can be met, that sort of thing. So due to the communication barriers that a lot of children with ASD have, I thought AFL isn't always accessible to those. So in the article, it looked at different strategies that could be implemented, so visual cues, also prompts, so prompting things for children, so that's accessible. Um, And scaffolding was a big thing, so scaffolding assessment for learning for those children so then they can be involved in the learning as well and they're not doing it separately but they can do it as a whole class. And one of the things you mentioned was the fact that we should possibly give um, children with autism slightly longer, more thinking time before asking for the answer. Yes, definitely, because they take a longer time to process information. So whereas in a mainstream classroom, you're usually given that information and the children can go away and take that information, it might take them a little bit longer. So allowing those wait times allows them to have the same opportunity as everybody else. But all those things you've mentioned don't actually just help a child with autism. They help all children, yeah, don't they? Yeah, they do help all children, all children of different abilities. Um, there might be high-functioning children that also need those longer wait times. So it is, to be inclusive, I think it's better for all children. And then the second uh, article was slightly different in the, the sort of emphasis here was, am I correct, on the value of inclusivity in the classroom. Yeah, so sort of the importance of it. And um, one of the main findings I had was a personalised approach. So ensuring that you're taking every individual's needs into consideration um, and then using sort of their needs and obviously incorporating student voice as well because that's really important. And um, just sort of involving the children in their learning. And again... That applies to all children, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yeah, it does apply to all children. Yes, yeah. Yes, so yeah. I think the point of it being inclusive is that all children can access the same learning. 
Now, the third one was slightly different in that the focus here was more on self-regulation. So do you want to explain a little bit more to us about that? Um, Yeah, so for this one, it was more about learning goals. So and having a success criteria for individual children and also with self-regulation being prominent. And the article also suggested that co-regulation can provide temporary support, so such as prompts and modeling learning and um, also back to the scaffolding approach and then ensuring children have the support that they need during the assessment process. So interestingly there, self-regulation applied to all the pupils. We're not talking specifically about children who are specific needs. No, all pupils, yeah. 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 So this seems to be a running theme a little bit now, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. all the articles. Yeah. Now then, the fourth article talked about something called equitable learning. Do you want to try and explain to us a little bit more what, you know, what is equitable learning? What do we um, understand by that? So it's just ensuring that all pupils, no matter if they're disadvantaged in any way, can all access the same learning and they've all got a chance of reaching their best possible outcomes. So it's just ensuring that everyone's involved in their learning and that they can all access the same sort of education. And the emphasis very much here was on supporting those disadvantaged pupils, wasn't it? It, It's not about um, parity. It's not about everybody having the same experience. It's supporting pupils so that they have more of a playing level playing field. Yeah, so they might need different different approaches, but it's just ensuring that they all have access to that. And then we move on um, to differentiated instruction. Yes. What's that about? So... I find in school that if you tell a child one thing and you tell a child the same thing, they might take it in different ways. So it's sort of adjusting the way that you're telling the children how to do something or what they're doing next, Um, particularly in children with additional learning needs. They might take things literally. So you need to ensure that you are directing information and questions to them in a certain way so they can understand and get the best out of what you are telling them. But that's very difficult. That's yeah, very challenging. Yeah, it's very difficult. Yeah, it's very challenging. But it does benefit the learners. So it's important to try to differentiate as best as you can. But obviously, when it is a whole class, it's very challenging to do that. And of course, you must know the children very well must yes. you, in order to be able to yeah. make those very important decisions about how to share that instruction. Yeah, so having a positive student-teacher relationship is very, very important. Um, So the children feel safe as well in a safe environment. They can trust you, they listen to you, and then you're going to get the best out of the children. And and I think for me, from that fifth article that you chose, was the fact that differentiation links so closely, doesn't it, with AFL? Yes. Because one can't exist properly without the other. Exactly, yeah, they need to be bound together for them to work. And then for your final piece of literature, you focused on self-assessment. So obviously one of the the assessment for learning strategies. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about what you found in in that article? Um, Yeah, so for this article, methods such as feedback is encouraged to build on learning. So ensuring that you're giving feedback to each individual child means they can set their own goals and they can self-assess themselves. So they're not as at a disadvantage with a set of goals for the whole class. They have their own goals to work on. 
So not only would they have their own goal, goals, but they would also self-assess against those Yeah, goals. so they could self-assess, see where they are in their learning, and then they can sort of tell you how they think they're doing, and you can use that knowledge that they give you then to work on the next steps. But that requires a little bit of sort of developing the culture within a class, doesn't yeah. it? You, know, you can't suddenly one day just ask a child to no. self-assess. Yeah, it needs to be a process, and it needs to be regimented, so it's in place all the time. The children are used to it and they feel comfortable in that environment doing that. So those six articles obviously informed you about yes. this area of yeah. assessment for learning with the, the emphasis on inclusivity in yes. the classroom. So then what recommendations were you able to make to your lead school based on your reading? Um, so some of the recommendations I made were definitely increasing visual imagery in assessment for learning strategies because I find that that does help a lot of students and even for children that maybe can't read or write yet at least they can access the same learning as everybody else. Um, another recommendation was ensuring a personalised approach to learning, although that can be difficult, especially in a big class, mm -hmm. I think having that relationship with the students does benefit them in the long run. And also, I suggested using prompts, so for various levels, so whether it's high ability, low, medium ability, at least then the children can access the learning. So Abby, not only do you, did you go back to your school with some recommendations, yeah. but this um, reading, this research must also have influenced your own professional yes. learning. Yeah. And perhaps it's worth mentioning that you are now in your second placement yeah. and you're actually in a special school. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure that much of this yes. is very applicable. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so now that I'm in a special school, I'm in a class with eight children with complex ASD. So some of the findings I can use and I've put into place, sort of the visual things, the prompts, directed questions definitely because they need directed questions. So all the information I found I can use and it's been really, really beneficial in my practice. So in the future, when yes. uh, you want to develop professionally and yeah. make some professional learning, will you again turn to literature to inform your practice? Yeah, I think it's very, very important to be constantly learning, turn to literature and just, I think, find out the most you can to be the best practitioner you can be. And things are changing all the time. There's always new information out there. So I do think it has informed my practice a lot and I have gained a lot from the assignment. Um, and you obviously have a very strong philosophy yourself yeah. about um, equity yeah. uh, in the classroom and also about inclusivity. Yeah. So I, I imagine that this reading has sort of supported that yeah. philosophy which you have. Yeah, and I just think it's so important that all children have equal opportunities to learn in. So incorporating inclusivity is very important to me and I think it's best for the learners because then they can be the best that they can be. Lovely. Thank you very much for Thank your time you. today. Thank you. PGCE Research Bites comes from the team behind Emma and Tom Talk Teaching and is presented this week by Seanad Davith. It showcases the best student teacher research from the Cardiff Partnership for Initial Teacher Education. Thanks to Abby D from PGCE Primary who joined us today to share her research. Podcast artwork is by Beth Blandford and the music is by Cameron Stewart. We'll be back with a regular episode next week and PGCE Research Bites will be back soon.